As iron sharpens iron, so one friend puts another friend in an escape room and makes them think they're gonna die. Hello and welcome to AIO Audio News. I'm here with Ryan Matlock. Welcome back to Audio News, Ryan. We really need to get out those reviews again. I need. Yes. To get, <laughs> they're really fun. I need to get more motivated, but I'm gonna could be going off to it'll college. It'll be like this. So. It'll be like the secret tapes of AIO Audio News. Release them. There is a lot. There is a huge amount. Not so much with Audio News, but with the AIO Wiki podcast that I have not released that I need to release. Um, Hashtag Ryan's Review Gate. What? <laughs> <laughs> anyway um oh okay that that reference was even darker than i thought it was so <laughs> uh, wait it's not that dark oh okay okay um wait anyway. it's just a reference to no 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 right nixon uh, and watergate but there was a lot of dumb yeah. there was a lot of bad stuff on those tapes <laughs> oh i didn't realize that i thought it was just no no sketchy. i i was just i was just think, <laughs> i was thinking referring to a scandal in general and i thought oh wait the tapes Excellent, excellent pun. Excellent pun. No, um, anyway, I feel like this is going to be more lighthearted than I'm giving it, uh, than it's actually <laughs> going to be. But anyway, we're here to examine the question. I'm going to ask you, Ryan, this question. Um, I asked, okay. uh, I recently had a conversation with Gianna, who goes by Monica Stone on The Town of Odyssey, and I asked her the question a bit more generally. She answered it well, but I need a simple yes or no, Ryan. I'm going to ask the question so that it's very straightforward. Are Maury's actions, by and large, in pretty much everything that he did, and everything that's acknowledged that he did, in the Rydell Revelations, is all of that good? No. And the answer to that is what we will be explaining here. Now, part of this goes into, and I don't, you can jump in and say whatever you want, whenever you want, but I think a lot of this comes down to the ends justifying the means. And yep. it also has to do with a phrase brought up in uh, an email Nathan actually Nathan Hubler actually sent to me. I wasn't able to release the exact uh, wording of the email um, because he sent a similar reply to other people, but I was able to paraphrase it. And so what he says is that um, there are significant differences to the initially similar situations, particularly with Maury's motivations. They aren't necessarily good. These differences will be addressed in the episodes to come. I found that interesting, but the problem is that also what Nathan, what I paraphrased Nathan to say earlier, Witt explains at the end of part three that he was sympathetic to what Maury did, the individual actions that he took. What's your take on that, Ryan? I'd say, so first, it makes sense that he's sympathetic to it because he's talking about like when I was a kid, I like to experiment with things and do sort of the sim- similar things like what you're doing. I doubt that he locked people in an escape room. But <laughs> beyond that, I don't think that Wit's saying that what Maury is do- has done is good. And it kind of goes back to what you were talking about with the ends versus ends justifying the means. I don't think that an action that leads to someone else taking a good action is in and of itself good. Mm-hmm. For like, I could, you know, like throw a skateboard down the road and then someone slips on it when they're running across the street and they don't fall into the path of an oncoming car. <laughs> and that's a really weird example. It's yeah. the best I got. <laughs> but the question would be, is it good that they didn't get hit by the car? Yes. Right. Is it good that I just randomly threw a skateboard for no reason? No. In and of itself, it's not. And it's hard because 
they are directly correlated. If I hadn't thrown the skateboard, the guy might have run in front of a car, but that doesn't make the skateboard in and of itself good. The only thing that is good in the scenario is the ends. Mm-hmm. And so the question becomes, does that justify the means? Well, obviously, no. You shouldn't just go throwing skateboards all over the place because you think it'll save people from oncoming cars. Mm-hmm. And it's the same with what Mori did. Like, he's manipulating people. He's pulling strings and being all around kind of deceptive. And... Th- He's doing it often for his own enjoyment. Mm -hmm. Right. And so then the question then is, with the interview between me and and Phil Lawler and and, uh, Arista as well, which I haven't been able to release the audio of yet, um, Phil said during that interview, I said, what about about the laws that Maury's broken? What about the wrong that he did? And Phil said, what wrong did he do? This isn't the good in people. What wrong did he do? No laws were broken, no money changed hands, everyone performed admirably, and Olivia made an incredible sacrifice uh, at the end of it. So with all of that, why can't you just think of Moria as someone who brings out the good in people? That's Because, and, yeah, it's kind of sketchy. The question is, he's, he was pushing back on, really? Manipulation is deceptive? Oh, you mean like what Wit does? Like, Well, not exactly, no. <laughs> no, and how is it different? You want to break down how that's different? I think we talked oh, about I it. I can in think the... of several ways that it's different. Mm-hmm. Well, so first off, Wit doesn't pull strings behind the scenes to make people do things according to his master plan. He doesn't say, okay, I think that this person, if I give them this piece of information, will do this. And then if I give another piece of information to someone else, then they'll go and do this. And this is all playing out like I authored it. Maury does. Hmm. And that's because Wit has a biblical basis, and Wit knows morality better than Maury in a way, sort of, even though Maury's also smart. In a sense, I think that that's a little bit shakier of an argument, because you could still manipulate people just like Maury if you know the Bible. Okay. Right. Right? Yeah. But yes, there is a certain amount of, because Mr. Whitaker works from a biblical basis, he's not in it to manipulate people. He's just there to provide information and let people make their own decisions. Mm-hmm. And so the question then is, would, if Maury was not in the episode, The Good in People, could Wit have set up Jordan Winward? Do you think he would have done that? No. No. Why not? Because it's deceptive. And why is deception a bad thing? Because it's a lie. Yes. It's in the Bible. That's it. That's the thing. I was talking to to Bob or James Griffin earlier today, and he was um, – I was saying, well uh, – we were talking about millstones, actually. I was talking about the, the Corey Ten Boom scenario of what if there was a question of uh, is there another radio in this house or are there uh, are there Jews hiding in, the, in this house anywhere? And if you were in a situation where if you lied, then the people are safe. Uh, but if you don't lie, you're leaving it up to faith. And that's the question. And I said, well, I mean, the ninth commandment doesn't really prevent that. I mean, it says don't bear false witness. And James said, true, but it, the Bible also says God hates lying lips. Uh, those who lie are, are like uh, condemned. And I thought, oh, okay, okay. Well, the, the Bible does have more to say about that. So, mm-hmm. the, so the lie it, is that – sorry, go ahead. It does get a little difficult with yes. the Corey Ten Boom situation, mm-hmm. but – I think one thing, and I'm not condoning lying, the, the Corey Ten Boom, I guess, paradox, as I'll call it, 
Because it's like the thing that you hear it and you're like, wow, such a brave person protecting the Jews. And then you're like, wait, wait, that's not in the, that's against the Bible. What are you supposed to do with that? (laughs) And it's like, okay, we all kind of recognize that it's right to protect Jews from people who want to kill them. Mm-hmm. But it's also wrong to lie. So what do you do with that as a Christian? And I don't pretend to know the answer. The way that I kind of look at it is that when God says he's like, when it comes to most sin, it's selfish. So like if you're lying, it's to protect yourself against like repercussions from something wrong that you've done. Right. Mm-hmm. You're trying to make yourself out to be better than you actually are. When it comes to murder, you're trying to appease a certain sense of anger inside of you that you're not willing to uh, just deal with within yourself. You want to take it out on someone else by re- removing their rights. And so you have to, yeah, I kind of asked the question was what Cory Tin Boom did selfish? Absolutely not. It's done in an effort to protect people from dying. Hmm. And so that doesn't make it not sin, but it is. Different. I kind of asked the, it is different. And I think that, one verse that comes to mind here is anything that is not done in faith is sin. And that's not an exact logical parallel here, but it's interesting to think that what if she had not sinned, but instead acted fully in faith? Or was her mm-hmm. sinning lying in faith? And that's that's another question of how much faith can we talk about how much Corey Ten Boom actually had. But again, that is that's delving into the, the issue a little bit deeper. All that to say, I don't think anything on Odyssey would measure up to, to what she had to do. Maybe Irena Sendler a little bit uh, in One More Name. Um, that's probably closer. And I, I find it interesting that we haven't really, I haven't really heard too much discussion about that episode. Um, probably because it was an actual historical situation. And maybe, maybe we should talk about it a little bit more. But mm. the point is... Um, one thing Phil brought up is, I mean, we talk about what Maury did in The Good and People. What, what about what Olivia did? I'm making promises like that. And I thought, <laughs> yeah, that's not that's not the point. We already talked about that over and over. Maury's the one who's in question here. We are not talking about Olivia. And so... Everyone agrees that she did something wrong. <laughs> I know. <laughs> so um, what he what he said, and I'll turn the tables on him. Okay, so why does that make what Maury did the exact same thing right? I mean, Maury, Olivia made a promise that she couldn't keep. Jordan Winward made a promise that he didn't keep. So Boom. he's worse than Roasted. Olivia. <laughs> I mean, he couldn't make the promise in the first place, and he didn't end up keeping it anyway. So that's that's really, that is lying. And for Phil but to it's just... it's not wrong. He thought he was acting. Right. And it's not his fault, but it's Maury's fault. And I don't, I don't see how you can excuse that. For Phil to say, what wrong did he do? Well, he lied. Well, that was just that was just to manipulate. I mean, that was just to to make sure that Olivia would do the right thing. Mm-mm. Then we're getting into ends justifying the means. Then we actually have something solid to to work out there. Mm-hmm. And I think I I don't hold all of this against focus on the family per se because I kind of see right. what they're trying to do and uh-huh. I see the things that they have to deal with. Like they have to deal with <laughs> as uh, was in the Town of Odyssey post. Um, 
from Nathan Hubler, right? Yeah. yeah I mean, paraphrased yeah. from him. Yeah. Uh, paraphrased from Nathan Hubler. So as it was in there, they've clearly had debates. And it's it's amusing to me to like think of the Odyssey team behind closed doors. And they're like talking about like, okay, so here's our thoughts for the episode. And then like the Karen character writer on the team is like, <laughs> but, but we can't put kids in danger. We can't put the kids in danger. <laughs> and they're like, fine, you're part of the team. So we'll figure out a way to show they weren't in danger ever even though aubrey was in danger in but, the imagination station and lucy was in danger in the, the imagination the, well, the difference station. is that wit didn't know or let those things happen didn't know about those things so you can't put kids in danger you just can't let wit know about it and allow it to happen yeah i don't know i think they probably could have done it differently like Wit just doesn't know what's happening in his own building. I think that's fair, given that he didn't know about Blackard being in the Imagination Station and didn't know about the hackers in Applesauce. Mm-hmm. So, but here's eh. a here's a huge huge problem um, about this. And Phil said it, and I thought, well, maybe that's just Phil's thought. But then Nathan said it, and I think, well, this is okay. Okay, this is an official opinion from the team, and it's very disturbing that. Um, uh, Nathan made a clear delineation between, okay, there's there's physical danger, but then there's psychological danger. And <laughs> we only put the kids through psychological danger. Only psychological. <laughs> we made it very clear this is only the psychological threat of death. And that's really not that bad because, you know, they found out right afterward that they actually weren't in danger. And also, Wit does the same thing in the Imagination Station. Okay, two problems here. No. Wit has never done that before. I'm going to posit that. I'm probably going to be proven wrong because Nathan's a genius and knows everything about Odyssey, but I don't recall that ever happening before. Do you, the, can closest you... I can, the closest I can think of is the episode where Jimmy and George, George. Barkley go to um, Egypt, and they both think that the other's going to die because they're the firstborns. Yeah, and I mean, that's that's very serious. But even then, there's the understanding all throughout the episode, we're in the Imagination Station. They know beforehand. Most, this mostly. Things not seen like, is the one exception, right? Like, George, at one point, when he's, I think he's being whipped or something, when he's in captivity, and he's like, this is all an adventure, all an Imagination Station, right? It certainly feels real, and there's, like, a sense of doubt in his voice. Right. Well, I think he's kind of cynical to the situation. They're like, uh, they're like, wit, (laughs) really? That's true. That's true. (laughs) I don't know. I'd have to go back and study it a bit more, but I know there is always the intellectual idea that this is fake. This is fake. Emily and Matthew in the escape room, there is always the intellectual idea of this is real. This is real. They believe that it's real. And for Odyssey to be downplaying mental health and the trauma that Emily went through, I mean, maybe not mental health in general, but Emily's mental health personally, um, Phil even says it in part one. He made me and Matthew think we were going to die in that escape room. Right. It's not that difficult to explain. And you can't get rid of that by just saying after the occasion. Like, if that's PTSD right there. You go through yeah. – like, there were soldiers who were in – World War, like, one of the, I don't know which, which war, they they were in, actually, I don't remember, I just remember hearing this story, was it Saving Pri- Private Ryan, was it, that there were veterans who watched the movie and had PTSD syndrome, uh, symptoms after it, um, because they were yeah. remembering, they were remembering things from the war, uh, do, do you remember that story, do you remember hearing that? Uh, 
Vaguely, yeah. Yeah, and so, you see, virtual situations do have serious consequences, and for Emily to go through that, that's going to be a traumatic experience, and the traumatic experience at the time was traumatic and real. And you can't get rid of that memory. You can get rid of it through Jesus Christ and through eventually if he through his mercy and grace by by redeeming that situation and by Mm -hmm. uh, by providing. I don't don't know. It's it's a long spiritual process, but we can't assume to wish that away. And we can't say that immediately after that by just saying, well, it wasn't actually real. The memory is still there and the trauma in the moment is still there. I mean, I'm not a psychological yep. expert by any means. I'm not really any any expert by any means except maybe Maury. I don't know. Maybe not. But um, thankfully, I am. No. I'm <laughs> so we'd, we'd actually need to talk to a, an, an expert uh, on this. But d- does that make sense, Ryan? What I'm, what it I'm does. Talking about here? It does. And mm-hmm. I'm so, I'm not an expert, but I know plenty about like psychology and stuff because I've like just looked into it on my own time. And as far as like mental health is concerned, I do think they'll probably address it. Like, cause in there, I think there's a difference between the statement they make about Maury and what was right or wrong and how they're going to handle the characters moving forward. Like as Emily states at the end of the last episode, right? L part three, they're like, can we be friends? She's like, and she I don't says, know. I don't know. And it's clear she's going to be dealing with the escape room trauma like everything moving forward because that doesn't just go away. And I don't think that the Odyssey team is trying to say there will be no consequences for what Maury did and how it affected the people around him, but that from a standard of here's what's okay to be in the world of Odyssey, yeah. that they weren't that they weren't in physical danger. We weren't going to kill anybody. Calm down, Karen's. <laughs> But then the the question then is, with those consequences and with the follow up, I I seem to it seems to be at this moment that the team and the producers and Phil Lawler are saying that Maury putting Emily in that situation, regardless of Maury's motivations, which were which were bad, that Maury doing it, the actions and the end were good. Is that do you think that's what they're saying? Um, not necessarily. Okay. I think that, so it's very easy to read that and it could very well be what they're saying, Mm -hmm. but I think it's just as plausible to say that what, what they truly mean is that the end was good, not necessarily the means because they do have that part. And this is like a spoiler warning, um, from the TOO post. Is it okay for me to discuss that it's, part? It's fine. Just spoiler warning. Skip ahead 30 seconds if you don't want to hear it. Yeah. Manipulate. I'll try to get it done in 30 seconds. <laughs> um, the fact is that Maury did it because of his own enjoyment and manipulation, whereas Mr. Whitaker does it for biblical reasons just to try to show people the truth. And that that difference makes Maury's actions inherently not good regardless of the outcome. I, you see, I don't, I don't fully see that. I, I can see his quantified actions and the actual steps that he took as a separate entity from his motivation, and all that as a separate entity from the ends. And so, true, true, the, true. Um, so this is, this is a little bit different. That Maury's saying, okay, this all ended up to be good, and regardless of my motivations, what about 
and we are left to think about the actions themselves. So I like that we did get a little bit of hint into Mori's motivations and that it's not completely set there and that there will be more questions about it. But the the question then is, from what Phil walked me through in The Good in People and from what we get at the end of part three where Wit says, you need to use your abilities to use them for good. And Maury says, to bring out the good in people, eh? Wit says, yeah. Wit actually says, yeah. No. He, I mean, yeah, he, I, I was like, I was very taken aback by that line. I was like, no. Right. And Just uh, be good yourself. <laughs> and by, I don't know. It seems to me that what Focus is saying is that the actions were good. I don't, I mean, you've just said, you just said that you didn't think they were uh, in the, the past couple seconds have you have you changed have you changed that at all do you, do you still think that they're they're not saying the actions were good i mean from from what's line from that it, it well it doesn't see i don't me. know i don't know because when like as you talked about in the interview with dale he kept kind of pushing back like did he do anything wrong did phil. he do anything wrong and or oh was that phil okay sorry <laughs> yeah I'll say, that. I'll say that again <laughs> As you talked about in the interview with Phil, he's like, is that wrong? Is it? Is it a bad thing that he did? And I don't know whether he's saying, no, it wasn't. I completely believe that it wasn't. Or whether it's like when a parent is just trying to test their kid to think about it, mm. to ask those questions and not just jump to the easy answer, but think about the deeper themes behind something. Because I don't think that Focus wants the dialogue to be centered around, okay, Maury, you are on trial for everything you've ever done. And it needs to be more centered around, like, why are the things that you did wrong in the first place on more of a level, like, less of a simple level, like, well, you kidnapped people. Well, you did this. Okay, but why is that wrong in this context? Because you're manipulating people, because you're doing it for your own enjoyment and not actually to see good things happen. Right. And the, the problem here is that we have to have both discussions. We have to have for we have to have all, really all three. What about your motivations? Oh, and what about what about your actions themselves? And what mm -hmm. about the end? Did people react to that differently? And we need to, to have an actual position from focus on this because if they just say, well, it's left up to the episode, not really because you do have a message you're presenting. And they're, they're, they're smart enough to know that there is a message that is prominent in the episode and that mm -hmm. the writer's perspective shows through. And, you know, maybe because uh, my audio died and maybe it was because it was cut a little short that Phil didn't get to say everything. But by the way that it's looking in the episode itself uh, and by the, the, well, the part that says – I mean, it was very, very blunt in the, um, and I'll say that, I'll say this here. Um, let me, I'll quote directly from what Nathan said, not paraphrasing because it's a bit more, uh, uh, I guess striking here. I mean, it, it's okay if I say okay. this here because it's not Google searchable. Right. Um, Wit says, um, what, or Nathan says, while Wit sympathized with Maury's actions, that didn't mean that Maury's motivations were correct. While Wit sympathized with Maury's actions, make it it seems like makes I mean sympathized makes it seem like Wit is condoning the actions. And so, what would the difference be between? I, I think you we brought this up before again, but what would the difference be between sympathized and uh, condoning in in the context of uh, Maury saying the good in people at the end? 
Yeah, I think, well, so one other line from that episode is important, the whole now about those consequences, right? Well, it's clear mm. that Wit is saying, hey, um, now that you're under my jurisdiction from a guardian perspective, there will be consequences for your actions. And it's, I guess it's sort of like, if I have a kid, okay, and he says... Okay, I want to be like daddy, and I want to cook a steak. (laughs) So I'm going to cook a steak. And they burn the steak and set the kitchen on fire. Ouch. (laughs) I can sympathize with them wanting to be like daddy, but setting the kitchen on fire is a (laughs) no-no. Okay, okay. So I think I'm starting to, to hone my argument here. Um, I think we can clearly see how a sacrificial escape and further from the truth are wrong actions. So then mm-hmm. we'll go back to the good in people then. From what, uh, from the quote I I threw out from Phil earlier, and I'll bring it up here again, where he said, what bad did he do? I think he said something like, no money changed hands, everyone performed admirably, and Olivia made an incredible sacrifice at the end. And... That seemed to be, you know, it's posited in the form of a question. But then going back to Maury's line at the end, to bring out the good in people, hearkening back to the good in people where he says, so instead of being suspicious of me, why can't you just think of me as someone who brings out the good in people? So do you, would his actions in the good in people be condoned as good? Like, it, not, I mean, we've already decided they aren't good, but is focus condoning them as good? Because that's a little bit more, uh, less clear than setting the kitchen on fire, if you know what I mean. Right. I think it's still fair to say that it's still... Well, I don't know. I think that'll probably be answered in future episodes. Yeah. Because, again, wit sympathizing does not mean that he would do it the same way. That's not the point here. The point is that was Maury right? In his actions. Was he right to hire someone to lie? No. Yes. Okay. Is Focus saying that he was right to hire someone to lie? I don't think so. And that's that's really the... I mean, that is really what it comes down to. Otherwise, um, I think there are many problems here. Like, one with what we've we've represented in the um, in the escape room about the, the mental trauma. But with this, it, it, there is... a. a there is room for it to go either way, and this was my biggest problem about about the episodes. But I'm starting to see maybe it's not as maybe it's not to the point that I thought it was. I mean, it's obviously bad, and any indication that it is bad is um, would be a, a giveaway. But maybe uh, I'm hoping that's not the official position here. Um, so there were a couple other things I wanted to bring up. If you're cool with that, um, sure. So one thing I wanted to bring out is that Maury says at the end of the Good and People. Um, so it was everything the drama club did and that Olivia did and what she didn't do is all of that good. So what if Olivia had stolen the money? Would Maury be doing his monologue at the end? Um, probably not. So why does it matter? Why do we care whether the actions were good if the actions could have been bad? Or I'm sorry, the, the end. Why do we care if the end was good if the end could have been bad? I'm not sure I understand the question. So the question is then, Maury sets up the situation, hoping that it will turn out good, and encouraging it to turn out good. But Olivia um, 
in this hypothetical Doesn't situation make right makes the wrong choice. So then, who do we blame? Do we blame Maury for that? No, I would still blame Olivia. Right. That and it's sort of the same thing. I would blame I blame Olivia for her good and for her bad choice. I don't attribute it to Maury whatsoever. Right. So Maury saying someone who brings out the good in people is a bad representation of him because it's not yes. his place to do it. I mean, we can't we can't say he is someone who does that because it wasn't his decision for Olivia to make the right decision. Does that make sense? Right. Yeah. Right. So and uh-huh. and it's because he's playing everything in the background and he's not doing it directly. I find it to be barely even like bringing out the good in people. Making situations where people can make the right choice is not bringing out the good in them. Encouraging people to make the right choice is poss- like is bringing out the good in them. Mm. And Mori doesn't ever encourage anyone to do anything. He simply gives them the opportunity to do so. Yeah. Which is the different like it's the difference between me throwing a skateboard randomly. I can't take credit for ah, I uh-huh. saved you yeah, from yeah, that yeah. car. But if I saw someone about to get hit by a car and pull them out of the way, that would be good because I directly did it. Right. Right. And that's the means. That's the means themselves. You took the the means of saving somebody to the end of a good end. And so your means were good. Your end was also good. The whole situation was good, uh, assuming that you didn't cause the, 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 the incident in the first place, which would be a mis- right. very Mysterio-esque <laughs> situation here. Uh, <laughs> but what I – spoiler alert for Far From Home, by the way. But um, then the question becomes that just defeats the whole end justifies the means argument, and I hope – I'm wondering if Phil's saying that because it seemed like he was saying that a little bit with millstones, um, if you know what I mean about lying in that in that sort of way. Like with the Cory Ten Boom, a like li- the ends does justify lying. Slightly, slightly. I feel like that's yeah. What he was and again, I don't know that I like. I heard that episode and I was like, I don't think that this conversation needs to even happen because <laughs> you're dancing around whether you actually believe this or not. You're just presenting it for people to think about. You're not actually giving us any answers. Which is okay. If it's yes, present- it's very okay. It's thought-provoking. And there are some people who disagree, and maybe those disagreements are, are warranted. I think it's uh, an easier episode to, to discuss on that level than, than these episodes. Mm. But here the point is, if Phil is making the same argument that the ends do justify the means and that Maury's actions, regardless of whether they were good or not, resulted in a good end. Therefore, as he started off his discussion, I will say this. If you're thinking about Maury as the villain, you're thinking about Maury the wrong way. That's a direct quote from him. If if that's the case, then that the the argument of Maury didn't decide the end um, is obliterated because of that. Can you see where that's happening? I think so. Um... And then there's one more thing I wanted to bring up um, to get your thoughts on uh, Wit's, mm-hmm. Wit's moral at the end about uh, the talents and using your talents uh. and abilities. And I figured out why this doesn't make sense. I mean, I, I'm start- imagine me whacking my head against the wall. <laughs> and maybe you can break this down even more for me here. Um, and also, oh, Phil said, gladly. In our, Phil said in our, our interview, what does the Bible say? Iron sharpens iron. So a friend sharpens a friend. Tell me why this is unbiblical. 
why you shouldn't uh, challenge and test your friends. This is straying from the quote, but he was basically asking why why was this a bad thing to do? Show me why. Because where the Bible more, he's says. not a Christian. So another thing Phil said was, so why are we expecting moral character, or why are we expecting Christian morals out of characters who aren't Christians? If you're gonna make the iron sharpens iron argument, then if we're trying to bring out the Christian good in Olivia or Emily, it needs to come from Christian iron. Not necessarily. If he's just trying to bring out general good. I mean, keeping your word is, uh, keeping promises is something that people can agree on who aren't necessarily Christians. Does that make sense? Okay. Okay, I'll grant that. But again, I don't think this is iron sharpening iron. When you sharpen iron with iron, you're putting two things against each other and making them better, right? Both of them better, yeah. Right, both of them become better because of the other doing the exact same motion towards them. Iron sharpening iron, a good example of that in a Christian's life, is that... Oh, okay, sorry, go ahead, go ahead. It's that one person does good things. Like, they say, okay, I'm going to go give to the poor. And then the other Christian sees that example and says, I'll go give to the poor. Or one Christian decides not to lie even when they're in a stressful situation where it'd be really easy to lie. The other person learns from that example and doesn't lie. It's not manipulation. It's an example. Right. Maury doesn't lead by example. Therefore, it's not iron sharpening iron. Yes, and the exact point is that Maury is being deceptive about it, and he is not himself being sharpened. He already knows the idea. He's not. He has nothing to gain morally from it, but right. Olivia does. And so then the situation becomes, could anyone have set up the cobble box, or could anyone have set up the good in people and have that same situation be iron sharpening iron? <laughs> I don't know. Putting people, in <laughs> putting people in their own little virtual reality is, again, kind of Mysterio-esque. Yeah, but, um, Wit, Wit did it in, um, well, yeah. in, in the very controversial I don't want to talk about that. Things not seen. <laughs> we we kind of need to talk about things not seen because Phil right. brought that up where I said, what about the false imprisonment in the escape room? And he was like, oh, you mean a false imprisonment? You mean, <laughs> you mean like Wit does? Um, and so that was like, yeah. oh, whoa. No, he doesn't. It's all consensual. It's like it's he all hasn't until very recently. <laughs> yeah, and that's the one episode Phil Lawler wrote where that could be a problem. Every single other episode, except Isaac the Chivalrous, maybe. Every single other episode is like that. Yeah. Not like that, I mean. Every other episode is, they know they're in the station. They can get out whenever they want to. And Phil even said, there have been adventures where kids have been like, all right, Mr. Whitaker, I'm ready to come out. No, I want to come out. And then the, the station kept going. I don't remember those. Situations. I remember one. I'm, uh, it's on the tip of my tongue. Uh, um, it was also on the tip oh, of my tongue. Oh, Digger Dig Willow. I think Digger Dig Willow is like, where's that door? I want to get out of here. Right, but he doesn't really want to get out of here. He's just he's just kind of bored, right? I mean, he's bored and he wants to get out of there. <laughs> well, another one would be Gloobers. Yes. Yes, that's another example. Uh, but that was Eugene. And I think we could argue this is a huge – okay, so there's a huge, huge, huge logical fallacy right here. And I even brought it up to Phil, and he kind of just he – didn't, he didn't mention it. I mean, I just brought it up in passing. Okay. To quote, 
Are you familiar with that? You too. Yeah. Phil is using it. Uh, it's getting double duty here, or uh, it's getting That's worked fair. really, That's really fair. hard. And so the re- the correct response to a two quoke is yes, both of them are bad. Wit should not right. be doing it. Mori should not be doing it. And if we figure out a way to prove why Wit should be doing it, that does not prove that Mori can then do it because the situations are different. And to use two quoke properly, you have to prove that they both are valid individually. I mean, that's the proper right. use of a two quoke. Is that is that um or the proper right. resolution to a two quoke? Right. And I like the thing that I find interesting about to quote because I've had people say like, oh, well, that's a to quote argument when really I'm just calling out hypocrisy. Yeah. And to quote is great if your point if your point is hypocrisy rather than this is wrong or this is right. Hypocrisy this is rather, right, right. Rather than this is right. Yeah. Right. Like if someone's telling me you have to do this and I say you don't do it that way and they say, oh, well, do do as I say, not as I do or whatever. I'm pointing out, okay, you have character flaws that need to change. <laughs> yeah. And if you want me to respect you, you need to do that and not request that I act in a certain way you're not going to. Uh, but, like, in this case, I think that that's valid to say, well, Wit does that. Okay, he's done it, like, two or three times. Do we like those episodes? No, because of the controversy, I'm thinking. I mean, I think it's right. very controversial when it's brought up. Yeah, like Isaac the Chivalrous, I'll give that a pass because Mr. Whitaker didn't do it. Like, there's never a point where Isaac was like, I want out. I don't like this at all. Yeah, yeah. He's having the time of his life spending more time with uh, Sir William in the real world, despite it being a little stressful. Mm-hmm. And at the end, Mr. Whitaker says, How did you like it? And he says, by the sword Rhiannon, and it was remarkable. <laughs> he doesn't say, we almost died in there. <laughs> <laughs> because they didn't. <laughs> exactly. Um, and so I'm thinking of, like, um, in Gloobers, um, the question is, if they really wanted to get out of there and if they thought they were in, in danger, would that be a problem? And uh, the answer kind of is yes. And I think Gloobers... Mm-hmm. Kinda is controversial on that level. Now that yeah, I think about I it, yeah, I listen. I re-listened to it recently as I'm going through Odyssey, mm-hmm. and I got to the end and I was like, I. Or actually, I was listening to it. And I was trying to remember what is the morals of this. Were they just ripping on video games? What was the yes. point? <laughs> <laughs> and then I got to the end. I was like, okay, the moral is use your time wisely, but it's also like don't go into video games because then they'll take over your life and you'll never get out. It's like, no, no, if you're playing with your friends, that's actually great opportunities to do things. It's about as bad as playing sports with your friends. (laughs) I think, I mean, personally, video games get a little um, too much when you're not in the same room and just playing with friends online. Although that can be good. I I used a lot of time this summer doing that uh, with Mm -hmm. one of my – when we could have been doing something else online instead of that. And um, Playing with video games with your friends in person is fun because you can see each other's reactions and stuff, and you're there physically mm-hmm. and spending time together, and that's a little better. But just playing by yourself yeah. is not as First, as productive. Yeah, I I rarely play video games by myself because I just don't find it to be a ton of fun. Yeah. When and when I do play, I'm on Discord with my brother and even like my in-laws and my wife, and we're all we can all hear each other, and I find. 
I actually find it to be a better experience than when we're all in the same room because oh, really? when we're in this when we're in the same room, it splits my attention. Like if they're sitting behind me and I look at them, I I'm not seeing the video game and I lose and everyone's mad at me. <laughs> but if I'm in D- Discord, like it's all in the same ear, right? And so I'm actually able to f- pay attention to the reactions of the people I'm playing with more. Okay, okay, I have you. I, I see you there. Um, but anyway, this is getting a little off topic. Um, it's getting a little off topic, yes. But going back to the yeah, two- Gloober, Gloobers is crazy. It's it's a little scary and. And if you're yeah. going to say if the two quote is well, they did it in Gloobers and it was fine then, so why don't we just use it, it here? Then I would say that Gloobers was wrong. And I would say, no, Gloobers is not fine anymore. Yeah. And we only really say that Gloobers is fine because the kids aren't actually traumatized. Like, they get to the end of the thing and they're like, wow, that was a great adventure. Well, Which again, is like, that's, that's ends and means. We have to see, we have well, to actually examine well, so means. My, what, I'm sa- what I'm examining is like the psychological element here. Because when... Right. When... Um, right. Mori puts people in those situations, they come out of it saying, yeah, we did the right thing, but that was scary and I didn't like it. R- okay, so that, those are not. the means. Okay, okay. So the means to the end in Gloobers is, you know, this was kind of fun. It wasn't really scary. All throughout the adventure, all throughout the means that were taken to instill this moral and this this fun time that we eventually had at the end, all of this was actually good. It was actually good. Right. Right, and what were they threatened with in the Gloobers thing? Tickling. Oh, no. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, also mind control. Or not mind control. Well, but they weren't threatened with mind control. Other people were. Well, the, with the helmets that the brand right. was saying to put on. That was kind of... Right. Kind of, Yes, kinda. but they decided not to. And so they, did, or they weren't forced to put them on. Right. But okay. if... Okay. If the, so it would be wrong if it was like... A bad guy's coming towards them, and he's like, put on this helmet. But they always had the choice in the episode to not. They didn't do it. They were able to see what happened to the other people. There's never a point in the episode where there's any threat higher than the guards are chasing us. Right. Compare that to Mori extremely strongly uh, hinting, even secondarily implying, one of you is going to die guaranteed. He says... Matthew says, you're making us choose who gets to live. Maury says, another astute observation. Mm-hmm. Greater love hath no man than this, than to lay down his life for his friends. Let's see whether it's true, shall we? He is right. He is basically saying, and they, again, in Gloobers, they don't, they don't think it's real. I mean, they think it's real. In the escape room, they think it's real. In Gloobers, it's tickling. And laser blasters and jail, <laughs> jail time. Like, <laughs> oh no, jail time. <laughs> what Mori escaped. Um, but then there's one final thing I wanted to, to bring up, and we can talk about we uh, if you if you have time, we can talk about the talents uh, real quick. Yeah, um, let's do it. So the first the first problem here is that so let's say I'm I need money or like I don't have a lot of money, so I come to you and I'm like, hey, I need money, which means you should. Um, cancel your 401k and give me all of the money in there in $5 bills. Like, no, no, you should give me what you can give me. So yes. if, if you, if you would give it to me at all, and that's the thing of millstones, they will, um, they'll give what they want to give. Um, but 
with the iron sharpening iron and the using your talents, it's kind of like the verses are being interpreted, hey, as iron sharpens iron, so one friend puts another friend in an escape room and makes them think they're gonna <laughs> die. Or like, using your talents for good is very clearly, obviously meaning, realizing that one of your friends is missing and so you go through a fake mystery to try to find him and then figure out what the truth actually is at the end. No? No? I don't think that you can't... These are... These are great quotes right here. I just love, <laughs> like, as iron sharpens iron, you lock, one friend locks another into an escape room. It makes sense. Like, let's just clip that, put that at the beginning of the episode as an intro. <laughs> let's do it. Let's do it. <laughs> but the point here is that the talents don't necessarily refer to that. And in fact, I think no. they refer to something else. Do you have uh, thoughts on this, Ryan? Yes. So in the parable of the talents, it's not talking about you act it's like it's talking about you have different things that God gives you. And that can apply to anything in life that you have, whether it's wealth, whether it's like position in a society. It can also apply to the talents, the actual talents that you have. And in the parable, it's specifically money, but it's related to the things that we as Christians have at our disposal. And the parable is about us making sure that we steward them well, because if we lock them up and don't use them, then God's God, the manager, is going to come by and say, like, okay, look, you could have at least done this, the bare minimum, and it would have been more pleasing than not doing anything. Right. And that's not what Wit is talking about here. He's talking about, like, you have talents, and you're better than all the other kids in Odyssey, so I let you go and have free reign doing whatever crazy things you were going to do without any adult supervision because you're better. You're special. Well, he says that, well, that's, that's what the parable says, each according to their ability. I looked it up. That is actually uh, biblical. And, yeah, okay. So, the... the the parable where it says each according to his ability. Okay, so God decides to give people different things. I think that's fair to recognize that in the parable, Jesus makes it clear not everyone got equal stuff. Some mm -hmm. people had little, some people had more. And it didn't matter whether they had more or less. They were still praised by God when they did something with what even little they had. Mm-hmm. The amount doesn't right. matter. The parable isn't saying when you have more, you get no supervision. Mm-hmm. And that's, and that's part of part of it. Where you were talking about that, like the the guy who's the the uh, the antagonist or the the poor morals in the the guy who's the poor morals in the parable. I can't. I'm gonna say that whole thing again. The, the dude who did a bad. The the dude. <laughs> I'm gonna include that. <laughs> the. <laughs> The dude who did a bad was the guy who didn't do anything with his talents. And notice how the person who had less, the servant who had less, or the slave who had less, depending on what translation you're looking at, um, did what he could with what he had and did anything and was rewarded the same way as the guy who did more with what, who had, who had more and did what, did stuff with what he had. And so the parable is not saying you have talents so you need to use your abilities um, in the best, in the, the, like the biggest way possible. Um, 
It's saying just M- use maybe them. it is. I don't know. I don't know. I mean, I don't think it's that's saying what the it's saying. saying use them. It's saying use them. Yeah, and Wit says and, you need you three need yeah. to use your abilities to use them for good. But I don't think that's right. I think I mean I mean that's that is right. But I don't think that in the I don't think that necessitates what happened in the episodes. And I also don't think that necessitates you must always aim for to be to match your your talents. You should use your talents and well done good and faithful servant is the the response you get from that but if you don't use your talents at all which i don't think anyone can argue emily and and matthew and maury and susie were doing before all this i think they were using their talents for good before that i mean maybe not maury and susie but oh 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 here's why we don't like this episode yeah wit's talking about talents and saying you got to use your talents for good when you get things when you have information or when you have ability to step in and do something, you should do that. And who didn't do that in this episode? And that comes down to what did Wit need to do that? And he did need to do that yes. because of Emily's mental trauma. And yes. that is the biggest part. That's the biggest reason why he needed to step in. And also because of the criminal violations on his shop. Trespassing. Tampering with property. Yep. Holding people captive. Stealing. And to a lesser extent, lying. Things that are... And there are two more things I want to touch on. I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I don't want to push this much longer, but is it okay if you I get, keep go, going? Go, go, go. There are two more things I want to touch on here, is that we, we talked about the talents, and one thing that, that just brought, got brought up here is one thing I remembered about other episodes, like I, com- I was comparing Part 9 uh, to Blackguard's Revenge, Part 2, in which good wins over evil. It's kind of like the, the moral in that. And or it's kind of it's a theme that Odyssey tries to put in. Good wins over evil. How right. did good win over evil in the Rydell Revelations? Not counting Mrs. Mado. It feels like it, evil it won. <laughs> it feels I, I'm like really hope. Yeah. And Honestly, evil. It, I don't think that it's. I don't think that it's resolved. I think that <sighs> there will like there's still episodes to come in the I Rydell know, know. saga. But you're right. It's not a great like even in Novacom when bad won, the good guys were sad about it. Yes, they're like, oh man, they got the plans. Oh man, they got the disc. Oh right. man, right, this right, is right, not right, great, right. guys. And that's it. The episode has to stand on its own. We need to get that realization that good will eventually win. And the point here is that Mori is not evil. Maury, I'm going to assume Maury's intentions are good. I'm going to say his motivations were even good. I mean, I'm willing to go that far. But Satan is evil. And in mm-hmm. using Maury's good intentions and pulling deception out of that, and the devil trying to... I mean, these are all fictional situations, but in trying to get the people in Odyssey to sin and to do bad things and actually having Maury sin in the process, that is evil. And... To have Wit get to the end and say, well, it, they were mostly peaceful. Pro- no. Um, <laughs> to have Wit get to the end and say, well, it was it was good. It was mostly good. I mean, the, the end was good. But uh, I'm not going to talk about the consequences of Maury's actions with you, Emily, because you need to understand you're special. It feels like evil has won, especially with the, the tone at the end, when Wit's talking about the consequences, it seems like he's saying, well, you took my stuff, so I'm going to make you clean up Wit's end. That's going to be your consequence. Right. Um, and unless you had anything else to add to that, I'll move on to the final thing. 
Go for it. Um, so the, the final thing was that I brought this up with Phil about the, the difference between what Maury does in manipulating people and what Wit does, partly, and what you brought up uh, – why did I call you Maury? What you brought up, brought up, Ryan, is consent. And you remember you remember bringing that up before? Yes, I Okay. Do. Phil said, what about consent? Or do kids even know what that is? They don't. They can't make consent. Can kids actually make good decisions without their parents? No, they're just going to do it. If a kid comes into Wit's End and Wit says, uh, here, I have Imagination Station and Adventure to help you with your problem – are kids gonna actually know what consent is, or can they, they can they give consent to that? No, they can't. They're just gonna do it anyway, and that's the situation's gonna play out. But then he turns around and says, "Emily, you're special, and I treat you differently than the other kids." Are you saying Emily can give consent, or Emily can't give consent here? Because either Emily is smart enough to be able to give consent, or she is not smart enough and should not be placed in these situations, or mature yeah. enough. Yeah, and I don't know. Like, I I look forward to hearing the Phil Lawler interview because I yeah. I'm like I'm hearing what you're saying that he's he was saying in that interview, and I look forward to hearing like kind of for myself whether he was saying that all as like I'm actually serious or whether he's just playing like the the whole poker, like in in speech and debate. Um, the negative, uh, the ne- <laughs> I, I got to bring up speech and debate because <laughs> I fine, like speech and debate. I mean, I but the negative so team, ahead. the negative team is not necessarily there to always present a hard, solid case for why the affirmative team is wrong. They're just there to poke holes, and mm-hmm. so they come up and they say, "Well, is your plan fully funded? Does it have complete backing from a majority of Congress? Does your plan have all this and this and this and this?" And their job is just to cast doubt on whether this plan is strong enough to pass right here and now. Right. Not necessarily to say, I have a foolproof reason why we shouldn't do this. Mm -hmm. Just simply saying the status quo should remain until we know that the plan we're enacting isn't going to cause more issues than it solves right 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 and so i wonder if phil lawler was just saying like oh well what about this what about this to try to see if we truly have a reign on why maury was wrong Mm -hmm. yeah and i i do appreciate that he and he said several times throughout it that i love that you're working through this i love that you're struggling with this because that's the process that's what we want people to do with these episodes and that's that's good uh to be able to struggle Mm -hmm. through with it and there are i'll leave i'll leave us at this there are two outcomes here either phil is playing devil's advocate and we've decided yeah. that Emily was right. Or the episode itself is what Phil was saying as Devil's Advocate. And the episode is saying Maury was right. In which case, we disagree with the episode. Yes. And I really hope that it's the latter. I really hope that it's the former. But then again, there are some things that seem to be resolved. At least in these episodes, like Emily's trauma. That give Revelations a lower rating on the compelling moral aspect of the rubric and in other ways and future episodes can only fix it not necessarily redeem it if that makes sense mm-hmm. uh, so on so with all that thank you for hanging around ryan this has been really really interesting Absolutely. to discuss yeah and was, um, i've been looking forward to talking about this yeah and i did you were you able to get all your thoughts out um uh, i think so yeah. yeah yeah so um 
if you if you have any thoughts to what we what we said, this will be on the Town of Odyssey and on uh, AIO Audio News. So if you listening want to comment, please go ahead and do so. I really appreciate it. And if you want to talk to me too personally about this, uh, again, send me a comment, send me an email, or send Ryan an email, at and you can get in contact with him there. Uh, sorry, Ryan, I just ga- I just gave your your email address out to to everybody. Oh but, uh, no! <laughs> anyway, I'll How I'll talk to you I later, Ryan. How will I get Ryan. my ads away? <laughs> That was a really weird response. How will I get away from the scammers now? (laughs) I don't think any of my fans are scammers. But anyway, uh, thanks for for coming on, Ryan. Really, really fun to have you. Glad to be here. You're listening to AIO Audio News. Yeet! (laughs) Do you keep them in every time? Yes! (laughs) I've heard many of them. I'm just curious if it's every single time. (laughs) Do you want me to stop recording?